Yeah, Did you just uh, use my real name? Whoa. I I might have. It's almost like you've outed yourself to the world. And some people still don't get it. Yeah, which I is funny. on Twitter. Some kid, some kid said that that was like, they thought it was uh, Dylan's name, right? Even though, yeah, because, yeah, somebody <laughs> would do OLC and then go to a surname of Dylan to really hide their true identity. Yeah, that's totally what they're going for. That's what I've done. <laughs> anyway. <Yeah. laughs> um. Hi, it's Too Long Didn't Listen. I don't know what episode number this is. I think it's like eight. It's yeah, been was, a while. Oh, no, uh, it might be seven because we did seven and then I accidentally deleted it. <laughs> no, I think that was episode uh, eight. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Anyway, um, we're back. We back, again. And I suppose we owe a bit of an explanation. I don't think we have any good ones. Well, you do. You definitely do. I mean... You have been recording an album. Do you, yeah. I, you know, I, if you're listening to this, you absolutely know what I'm talking about. I don't think anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, but, uh, you just dropped an album on Friday. Yep. yep. It's, uh, it's called Iridescence. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I Pretty worked good. really hard. I really, yeah, I worked really hard. I, I can't and, believe uh, you managed. Yeah. What? You managed to like take on the persona of like six people. Yeah, it was no, really cool. I, it was kind of cool switching up my voice like that. Uh, I had some, like, ten other dudes work on the graphic design for me. Um, no, it was re- it was really neat. It was a really <laughs> cool experience. We all moved to Texas, and uh, yeah, and, th- and then we all moved to California together. And uh, yeah, no, it was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> psych. It, that's Brockhampton. You, you dumb shit. <laughs> wow. Got you. Oh, Got him. What? Oh no, dude. You can't oh, tell, God. dude. Dude, I'm I'm doing the floss dance right now. <laughs> I floss on him. Sweet. Um but yeah, you just released Peach Fuzz. Yeah, Peach We'll Fuzz. talk about it. But um I guess my excuse on my end is that I'm just a lazy piece of shit. I don't really know what to tell you. Well, I mean, uh, we had an episode recorded and by powers out of our control uh due to what program do you use again? Reaper. Reaper, yeah. So basically, Reaper doesn't have an undo function that we are aware of, and it we does. Were... It does, but I did something undoable. I don't oh. know what exactly. I don't know what happened. Still. <laughs> See, and I'm not going to blame you for that because we're all still learning how to podcast. All of us being two of us. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, we had a whole episode recorded, and it was a different format, and we kind of want to start switching a little bit what that means uh not so much have like one style of podcast every time but we tried to make a sketch podcast um when we it were, was funny it was very funny we were very hammered and we discussed. yeah it was probably for the best that it didn't air there's probably some bad things said in there that maybe you know yeah. shouldn't be said we um, were we were very sarcastic characters saying uh very opposite of uh, uh what's um peace the irony was really flowing yeah, and since we were drunk, our sarcasm, our sarcastic tone was probably very poor. So yep. we would have gotten some letters, <laughs> some some fan mail. Yeah, some sir, how like a, some sir, how dare you? A live snake in a shoebox. <laughs> but uh, to build on that a little bit, um, we do want to try some new formatting stuff. It's not like we're not going to talk about music anymore. We love music. I mean, you're a musician, so obviously that's important to important to you, and it's important to me as well as a listener. Um, but we we want to do like we want to mix it up. We want to try doing some variety stuff. We want to talk about other things other than music. We want to do some sketch comedy. Yeah, you know, shoot the shit. We want to just give it a new try. I mean, like we aren't abandoning complete abandoning it completely. I mean, we're gonna so uh, we'll get into the main topic of this pod in a couple minutes here, but we're going to drop mm-hmm. this one in December and then 
the plan is for us to drop another one before new year of our top uh top albums of the year so we will talk about music um true are you doing a video for that do you know yeah but there's just a shit ton i have to catch up on because working on peach fuzz prevented me from working or uh, from listening to any albums that dropped in the last like three four weeks so right sure i have my like joji reaction uh fm uh earl's new track and new album like yeah kamikaze and everything like i have stuff recorded that i literally have not been able to touch and edit or at all because you know i would go 12 hours a day at the studio and the last thing i want to do when i get home is work more because i'm just like totally zonked out so right i haven't listened to the internet's new album there's like a lot of material i have to cover but well and that's fine you have time now at least which is good yeah thank god and i really need i've been keeping I've been keeping relatively up with it. I have a few things that I need to catch up on on as well, but we would love to get that out before the new year, um, which I'm sure we will. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't doubt it. Uh, but we're gonna do our top. I don't know, ten to twenty. We'll figure it out. Albums of the yeah, year. Yeah, because my talk my about video, my video will be top twenty. So okay, so we'll we'll do top twenties yeah. then, and then we'll talk about some songs that we liked and stuff like that. Um, you know, and go from there, but. We're not going to abandon the music thing completely, but we just want to expand our horizons a little bit. Yeah, we don't want to get stuck inside of a shoebox. That's why we're exactly. starting a gaming podcast for all you epic gamers listening out there. We're going to go hit up our mics on Fortnite. We're not going to have any visuals, and you're just going to hear us play. We're going to put the mic right to our controller so you can hear every button click, every epic snipe across the map, every loot crate open, every fucking rare item in the game will be unlocked. Every dab. <laughs> you will hit us hear us hit every dab every time we kill somebody <laughs> oh my god but uh we're gonna that'll happen next year and we will be delivering re- delivering regularly i swear to god i yeah. promise this time what's also hard um, for us is because i mean will lives two and a half hours away from me so but I mean that's gonna change just in August when we live together. Whoa, <laughs> classic. But we'll get it. We're gonna we're gonna do it. It'll be fine. Thank <laughs> you for those of you that have stuck around and still follow us on social media and stuff. Uh, there will be more content coming, and uh, we promise we'll give you the the laughs. We'll give you the drama. We'll give you the suspense. We'll give you the emotion. We'll be here for you. The raffle copters. Yes, are the landing. epic snipes. The Dilly Dillies. Oh God! We'll be we'll, we'll be there for you. It's my least. That's my least favorite thing. Pretty I much love it. ever. <laughs> Ugh, Jesus. Uh, all right. So, do you want to move into the main the main thing that we're gonna do here? Yeah. Why the um, fuck not? So, again, a little bit of an introduction here. Uh, Tabby, Adam, you just dropped an album called Peach Fuzz. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, I do want to talk about this. This is just going to be kind of an artist profile interview. I'm going to be asking you some questions. I just kind of want to do a little bit of an interview with you to get some background on you, know what inspires you, all that stuff. I mean, like, I, I've i had the pleasure and pain of knowing you for uh, okay. 20 years, 21 years. Uh, I think it's 20. Something. We met when we were five, I believe. Yeah. Yep. 20 years. So I know what you're all about. But... A lot of people listening to this, a lot of your fans might not, and I think it would be cool if they got some background on you, right? Would you agree? Yeah. That'd be cool right. with me. So I guess I'm just going to throw some questions at you about a variety of things and just answer however you want. If you don't want to answer any of the questions, feel free. But I guess I just want to know is, um, and this is kind of stemming off of uh, some tweets that you had today about mm-hmm. YouTube rap and stuff, but how did you get into entertaining, like entertainment? How did you know that's, a, that's something that you wanted to do? Uh, what, what sparked it? Well, before I got to college, I was still in theater, but my main, uh, goal was to be a concept artist for video games. So I would draw characters and stuff. And I've been doing that since I was like four years old. So I had, I went to college with every intention to pursue art to that degree. But then the more I did theater, uh, I got really involved with improv 
Um, improv, I think, is probably the catalyst into me needing to entertain rather than uh, be behind a computer and, and uh, design for uh, other people's work. I wanted to be on stage. It's where I felt most comfortable. It allowed me to escape my head a little bit and just, uh, you know, fuck around with uh, people on stage, scene partners. I just fell in love with the whole realm of acting and being in front of people and providing joy and pretty much any emotion for strangers, for people I knew. It didn't matter. Like that's what I just fell in love with and, and started really trying to pursue. So I switched from an art major to a theater major. And the more I did that, uh, just the more I felt like, you know, just entertaining was my, my thing. I had to do it. And I did that off stage too. Like when I'm in my friend groups or whatever, like I don't like being the center of attention, but I definitely, you know, I'm paying attention and like, I'll throw a one liner out. And like, if somebody's having a bad day, I want to listen. So I, I do entertaining for uh, comedic purposes. And so other people can get out of their heads and I can help uh, more people on a bigger scale on a stage or, you know, on YouTube through my music, any of that. So. Right. Cool. Uh, how did this transition into music? Um, and YouTube for that matter, I guess you could go with either one. So you can talk about whichever came first, how it, they worked into each other. Uh, right. what drew you to both of those things? Um, technically music came first, but in a very, very, uh, shitty way. It was terrible. It was bad music. It was very <laughs> corny, cheesy. I'm sure a lot of people have seen uh, that one song that everyone keeps reposting and reminding me exists, um, which is fine. It just makes me hate myself. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, pretty much YouTube, on, on a serious note, YouTube came first. Um and that just allowed me to entertain and edit. Um, I got to design effects that went in there. I got to design like banners and shit. So like it allowed me to do design and entertaining at the same time. Um, and this is when I decided, or this is when I started to really focus on music as a, as a listener and truly like hone in on what they were saying. Uh, and not until very recently, I would say probably like this year, I've kind of switched my whole mentality as, as a critic as well, where um, since I'm an artist, I don't think it's fair to judge other artists on just, you know, oh, this album's bad. Like, I want to understand yeah. where the artist is coming from. I want to step into their shoes and think of why they chose this beat. Uh, like, I imagine myself as I am, like, I imagine other artists in my own shoes where I'm sitting with my engineer, Zach, watching the beats and like go oh try this try this i want to like put myself in the scenario where the rapper or any artist i'm listening to is doing the same thing i have because if they have a true vision then they're going to be that meticulous they're going to make decisions with the people they're collaborating with and that's what really interests me about music more than anything else and that's why a lot of people say oh you like everything on youtube it's not that i like everything it's that i understand everything or at least i try to and there's definitely yeah. music where it's just for fun. And like that stuff you really can't critique because it's just like it, they don't even want you to critique it. They just want you to put it on and like get fucked up or something. So like there's music yep. for every scenario. And that feeling alone made me want to pursue music. And as, as I took it more seriously, that allowed me to do literally everything I've ever done in my entire life at once. Like I could design my own album covers I could be on stage. I could be theatrical with it. I could listen to music, obviously hone my craft and like really study music outside of a camera. So like this whole music journey has been really taking the forefront in my life. And YouTube has kind of been on the back burner just because like, you know, passion switches and I would much rather be known for an artist than a YouTuber. And that's kind of what I tweeted about today, as you mentioned, where yep, definitely. just because I'm a YouTuber who makes music doesn't mean I'm a YouTuber who makes music. I'm, I'm an artist who makes music 
and I also do YouTube. There's a very right, big division exactly. for me because I do not act like I do on YouTube on my albums. I do not act like I do on YouTube with my friends. I mean, it depends on how sober I am, but like, oh, you kind of do. Not not like not too much, but you have it's the, not the energy. Screaming, yeah, no, I'm I'm not faking it on YouTube. It's just I'm heightened, right? Yes, but I usually in real completely. life, I'm just a chill guy, and yeah, I'll sure I'll like yell and get excited, but um, the YouTube persona of me is not how I define myself whatsoever. Music is like literally me personifying how I define myself in that moment. White Trash was very sad, uh, lo-fi, stripped back, and that's how I felt as a person. I felt lost. I felt uh, down. I didn't have any real direction, and that's why the flows were all wonky and weird. This one, I'm much more uh, in tune with who I am. Um, I had more fun with the project. I got to explore my femininity I shopped in the women's section of Target a shit ton. Uh, I got to do my own makeup again, which I loved doing in theater and like thought I was really good at it. Um, and it was just fun to do that. And it's just kind of weird how the second you put on makeup, how many battles on the internet are about my sexuality because it's so tied to <laughs> makeup means you're gay or bisexual or anything. It's like, no, I mean, like, I'm not offended that people call me that because that would be a little homophobic to be offended by it. It's just like, it's kind of weird how fast people are to pull the trigger just because of what they see. Yeah. I honestly didn't know that was happening, but I assumed oh, it yeah. would have. No, on my Instagram on, I think the South Dakota thumbnail preview thing that said, Oh the my God. Video Fucking very, very good video. Thank you. The, you and Nate just absolutely fucking killed it. Yeah, we it went in that without a plan <laughs> at all. I just had outfits. Really? <laughs> yeah, the only plan we had was to shoot the projection shot on my face using Joe's yeah. uh, drone shot. Yeah. Um, that was the only plan we had. Otherwise, we just brought, out, uh, brought outfits. And That is um, fucking awesome. It looks fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, and we found that see-through jacket. Uh, very yeah. last minute, like it was such a clutch purchase cause it was at target for like 75% off. So I only spent like 10 bucks on the thing, but we were actually looking for outfits for sequel and we came across that jacket and it's like, Oh shit, that's perfect. Cause my fucking lyric says pretty boy and see through clothing in it. So like dope. Very but yeah, good. other than that, we like just came up with the fly of like when I got in my overall costume, I was like, Oh Nate, you should like pretend like it's a photo shoot and like take pictures of me and like. Yeah. So also Nate makes a cameo in that video. That's who that other guy is. That yep. is my yeah. uh, filmographer, Treedome director uh, person who's a very, very, very talented uh, director, editor. His equipment is fucking insane. And uh, yeah, I'm just glad that he's pursuing his dream because he's like really kick ass at it. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I want to expand a little bit more on what you're talking about, how uh, White Trash was... <coughs> kind of lo-fi uh wonky as you're as you described it mm -hmm. and peach fuzz you said you had more fun with it's conceptual yeah um what so with each project that you do each project that you have done in each project that you have in the future which i'm sure you have something cooking um, i do already i, I, but, I uh, absolutely do so are the messages that you're trying like what kind of messages do you want to convey with your music is it literally just whatever you're feeling at the time and just expressing yourself or is there some sort of like um, is there any kind of, what well, I, I personally think there is, is there any kind of like sociopolitical meaning to it? Is there any kind of, uh, you know, cultural meaning to it? Like I, everybody takes their own interpretations, but it's good to get it from the mouth of the artist. I mean, yeah, I no. definitely thought I noticed some stuff like that on, uh, both white trash and peach fuzz, but I want you to talk about that. Yeah, no, there's a lot of, uh, different themes. The overall concept of the project is to break down masculinity and femininity in not only hip hop, but most genres. Um, just because feminine men don't really have any place in, especially hip hop. I mean, we can still narrow it down to hip hop, but like femininity is something that's not discussed. It's not brought out at all, even though everybody is into fashion you know, 
dressing in women's clothing, long, like, uh, dress like kimonos and stuff like men are showing a more sensitive way of dress and attitude, but then they don't talk about it in their music. Like young thug is the closest I've seen where he's been wearing dresses and like he's in Lil Uzi Vert is the same way too, but they don't like talk about it. You know, they just are just, that's their image, but they don't also like constructively talk about it. It's, it's, it's almost there and like nothing against them for not talking about, they have their lanes, they have their music and obviously they're comfortable with themselves. But like, I just wish that more people talked about it. And like even Rick Ross recently sang faggot in a song, like that's bad. That's, that's a step backwards. That's not what should be happening. You know, it, and it's, it's not like he meant it in a derogatory fashion, but like, well, he kind of did. Well, the word carry, the word carries weight. Exactly. And it's just like the second it seems we're making progress, like somebody big says something really fucking stupid. And then it like, we all take 10 steps backward. And my point with peach fuzz is for people to feel comfortable doing what they want. Obviously I freaked a lot of people out and that was my goal. Um, not as for shock value, but to make people go, Oh, I didn't expect that when I turned around in the sequel video and I'm wearing full face makeup and like getting a uh, blow job in like one of the scenes and like being overtly sexual because that's what the character is. He's a very sexual, almost, uh, uh, kind of like the character in Rocky horror picture show. Um, yeah, Let's let's actually jump to that right now. Just transition into the characters. Sure. Um, and we can go back. You, we can go back want... to other themes that you want to discuss because there are others. Um, because you're yeah, not definitely. wrong with political stuff too. So. Yeah, but let's talk about the characters right now because there's a lot to cover. Thankfully, like uh, you clearly put a lot of thought in this project. Like I was aware of this, but again, it's just really interesting to hear the thought process behind all this stuff. But let's talk about the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you that haven't listened to Peach Fuzz, which, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, fuck you. Do I need, it, a, you I need a Nintendo shit. Switch. Please fucking listen to my album. Um, stream it while you sleep. That's what I've been doing. Stream it while you uh, sleep. Buy it on Bandcamp. Do anything you want, but just uh, give me your money. Um, I'm just kidding. So, just listen to it. Well, give him your money. Give him, give him your money too. He See, deserves nah, it. He's a good. He's it, a good boy. Exactly. Yeah, he's a good boy. Thank um, you. So there's two characters. There's the front half of the album is defined by this character called Orange Boy. Mm-hmm. And the second half is defined by a character called Lover Boy. There are two titles. There are two songs on each half. that both give the name to these characters. Um, go with, you were just talking about Lover Boy. Let's talk about that first. And then we can talk about the other half. For but sure. How do these two, what are the, what is the personality of these two characters? How'd you come up with them? How do they clash with each other, etc. Um, I come out, I come, uh, blah, blah. I came up with them just based on the types of music I like to listen to. So it's like, it's a personification of many things in my life, but it started out as the personification of the two genres of music I'm heavily into. And instead of making every song a combination of hip hop and R&B, I wanted the record to have its own side, its own thing. And apparently that was the year for that when Scorpion dropped. And um, (laughs) there was another album that did this, a similar thing very recently. I can't remember. Um, But no, this, this year was the year of my ideas accidentally happening. Like Tyler dropped a song called peach fuzz. And I was just like, fuck, like what do I do now? So a lot of the stuff that I planned a year ago became more common this year. So, uh, your boy was ahead of his time. Um, but no, I originally, right after white trash dropped, I knew I wanted to make, uh, a hip hop slash sung record because a lot of you, uh, a lot of my friends, like including you, um, have always like liked my more melodic material. Um, and so that was definitely taken in, uh, into consideration after white trash, which is, uh, vastly just hip hop. Um, so I thought of that two-toned idea, and then uh, I scrapped it, and I was just going to do hip-hop, and then I brought back the R&B side again because I was starting to get back into writing sing-songy tracks. So, and the Loverboy character became a thing to counteract Orange Boy because I th- feel like some people are calling me Orange Boy all of a sudden on Twitter, um, 
and then it just kind of stuck with me and I liked it. And, uh, when I decided to make the second half, I was like, well, it needs a counterbalance. And like, if it's going to be a sensual romantic side, lover boy just makes sense. And it sounds cool. So, uh, lover boy came out of that. And then it started becoming more of my, uh, experimentation of my own femininity because I am a very feminine man. Um, you know, it shouldn't inherently be feminine, but like, I like skincare. I like hair care. I like to shop in women's clothing because I think their sweaters are dope and like, uh, jewelry. And I like wearing makeup and like for shows and entertaining. Like I'm, that's the theatrical part of me of enjoying becoming a character to portray something. And, and it honestly makes me feel even more comfortable in front of a camera or on stage because I have like a character to go back on who isn't just me trying to rap or something. That's why the sequel video, a lot of people said, wow, his acting is really good, which I was flattered by. Um, because when the, I'm behind the orange boy mask, I get to go crazy because my face is hidden and like, I should be going nuts. So like I get to like take on that persona. So the Liverboy character came out of theatrics, femininity, and me wanting to bring that to the forefront because that's a big part of my personality that's not so much seen. And I wanted to be, if my songs weren't inherently and strictly like uh, telling, I wanted the vibes too, if that makes sense. Like White Trash had 1227, which is a very personal story, but uh, the closest to, to that on Peach Fuzz would be Adam. Not only is that my real name, but like, that's the point of the album where I'm not really any character. I'm very monotone, cold delivery, and it's my actual voice. I'm not trying to be hype or anything. So the closest is to that. But again, it's not a very personal story song. It's not uh, as cut and dry and surface, or the themes aren't as surface level as it was on 1227, where you just immediately understood it. So if I didn't have a song like that on Peach Fuzz, I wanted the emotion, the characters, and all of that to speak for me, if that makes sense. Definitely. Okay. Makes complete sense. Um, what, so the two sides, obviously very contrasting, of course. Yep. But um, the, so the Orange Boy thing just kind of came from people calling you that on Twitter, right? That's what you said. The and name, like, yeah. Yeah. Where did the character come from? The character came out of basically how I rap because that's the biggest thing against me as a rapper from everybody on Reddit and their mom saying that they don't like my <laughs> voice. Uh, they think I'm too yelpy or whatever. And then they'll go listen to Danny Brown and, you know, say like, Oh, but he sounds good. Or I don't know. It's a, I get, I don't get discouraged by the comments, but I always think it's just a lame excuse. And I think it also goes back to me being a YouTuber and like that kind of takes my credibility down for no reason other than other YouTubers are abusing the platform. So whatever. Um, but it came out of me wanting to even go further with that, uh, to be more cocky, charismatic, have more bars that are just so like outrageous, braggadocio, almost become like a cartoon character. Um, and just like, exhibit everything about hyper masculinity and being the best. Nobody can touch me. Like I can fuck up anybody I want to and just like be this huge scrappy character that just has no fucks at all and just goes batshit crazy. Like that, that's basically yeah. it intensity and, uh, pride and ego became that character. And that's why it's also a mask because a little theme I had in Orange Boy was me saying um, when the mask asked me if I wanted to go, uh, if I wanted to make going back, sh uh, going batshit a habit. So like when I put the mask on, that's when it, it's basically like Jim Carrey's mask effect where it just becomes like a, an outrageous character. So I definitely drew inspiration from that. Cool. From the mask specifically. The one of the best movies ever made. Yep. Uh, it got snubbed for sure. <laughs> Definitely. I um, also drew inspiration from Aku Aku of Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> oh hell yeah. Wait, is that the bad one? No, that's the good one. I mean the bad one would work too. 
What's the what's the bad one's name again? Uka Uka. <laughs> it's the reversed form of Aku Aku. Very cool. Super. <laughs> um, but yeah. So let's talk about the uh we'll go with my characters a little bit more and talk about the artwork. Um because that I know personally that the artwork that you decided to put on the cover was kind of a, I, this is not a last minute thing, but like a, like a later development in your writing. Correct. Like it, it was kind um, of last minute. Cause I had, I had an idea of doing a dual cover much like the mixtape right. was dual sided. But the more I, cause as an artist, I, when I play the songs, I also have the album art up to make sure that both things fit. Um, just artistically, it's just something nitpicky I have. If the album art doesn't match the music, it makes me uncomfortable and not like the album, which is dumb, but like whatever, it's my thing. Um, so I always hold up the album art to whatever song I'm playing on the records uh, when I'm reviewing it and stuff. Um, and each time I listened to it and saw the album cover with it, like sure, they were really great, but if you were listening to Happy Meal with the Loverboy cover, it just didn't look right to me. Yeah, and totally agree. And or like, at or Adam for that fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something dark and and like creepy and shit. So it wasn't a last minute decision, but it was definitely a last minute change where it was like three a.m. and I was just like, it the the image of Orange Boy sitting on the speaker or the amp like just came to me, and I was like, I need to draw it right now. And it's been a very long time since I've like actively sketched and drawn and anything like that. So I grabbed a notebook, just drew that like immediately. And I was like, holy shit. And then I took a picture of it, colored it on Photoshop. Um, and then I was like, wow, like this is actually super dope. And th- what made me think of that was uh, the Gorillaz self-titled album uh, where they're just in a white background in a Jeep. And like that became a really big inspiration because I have gotten into the uh gotten into gorillas pretty heavy recently um as you know because when we went to electric fetus i bought their album with you so uh and the more i listened to that album the more variety i heard and the more i realized like the art should reciprocate that so i drew lover boy behind him and it became basically became the illustrated version of the song mask off on the record where lover boy is talking to orange boy Orange boy looks defeated, sad, tired. Um, the more you look at his eyes, like they almost look angry, but the more you look at it, the more you can see that he's just human and like trying to seem something else that he's not. And that's also a theme of lover boy where it's like all this hype rap braggadocious shit. And like on the inside, I'm actually just very insecure, vulnerable, sensitive, like, and that's another theme of like taking the mask off as revealing who I actually am as a person. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, the art is really, the art is dope as hell. And yeah, just so everybody's aware, uh, you've, you did that. That was not mm-hmm. anybody else's work. That's all you. It's all natural, baby. All natural. Um, so let's go, let's jump back a little bit to more of the political or social concepts of the record. Uh, I like I said before I I noticed some things um specifically on the song sequel you calling out people who say shit like all lives matter um yeah. stuff like that I, you kind of find that I I personally think that white trash is very heavy in this kind of uh these kind of ideas of a very like self-depreciating depreciating kind of negativity while also being like kind of a social commentary for um culture i don't know if you agree with me on that but that's how i kind of viewed white trash is as it's been a uh, while since i've listened to my own album but yeah um but what about what about peach fuzz i mean obviously the overcome the overarching theme is masculinity or hyper masculinity versus femininity and how being feminine in the hip-hop scene or in music in general can kind of be a negative thing mm-hmm. uh and what else what else was going on there? What else were you thinking about when you were writing these songs? Um, so the whole second that whole beat switch in the sequel is like a giant rant about uh white people 
not claiming they have white privilege, but then they're doing all the shit that, you know, idiot white people do. Uh, my favorite line in there is, uh, white fucks act all tough, play who blind us to color, the vibe that y'all can't feel, kill quick when your ass stepped in. And that's a reference to last uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender. There's a character named Toph Beifong who is blind, and she's an earthbender, and she's the best earthbender in all of the nations, and she uses vibrations in the ground to detect where her opponents are and kick their ass. So <laughs> when white people are acting all tough, it's kind of like a, a verbal pun where it sounds like tough and tough at the same time, plus like who's blindest to color, like, no, I'm colorblind, you're not colorblind as me, I'm colorblind, doing that whole stupid-ass argument that uh, white people do. And then the vibe that you can't feel is meaning that they're acting like Toph, but they really don't know how to like do what she does. So it's a very multi-layered yeah, like, bar. We're like, reality, in reality, being colorblind is one of the dumbest things you can possibly do. Yeah. Like, it's really fucking stupid. It doesn't make any sense. No, it's a stupid. Like, oh, I'm just thing. gonna choose. I'm just gonna choose to ignore hundreds and hundreds of years of systematic oppression, mm-hmm. but I because it, but it may but it means I'm not racist. Exactly, and so that whole uh, beat switch part is basically me yelling at all these uh, like the white people who do act like that and make you know the rest of us look like dicks and have to over-explain everything we do because there's people like them who exist who just act like nothing is wrong and it's frustrating. So that's why it gets really intense, really yelly. And like, I mean, I basically said, I'm going to kill all of them when I was, I was going to be slick wick, which is the play on words of uh, one. eye open like slick wick is both referencing slick Rick who had an eye patch and John wick who kills everybody. So <laughs> when I do that line, it's like one, eye open like slick wick and blast you crackers to Chris Spicks meaning I'm just going to shoot you and riddle you with holes. So, yeah, I got really mad. Um, But that's like the biggest social (laughs) commentary on the record. Um, There's other parts where I pretty much say the same thing of just like, uh, oh, yeah, and and then on the same uh, track sequel, I made a reference of where you think privilege is a big myth. Hi, I'm Heinemann. Tisk, tisk. I might go savage here, the clip clicks, and that's a reference to Mythbusters, the two co-hosts of that show. So, I might go Jamie Jeez. Heineman or I might go Adam Savage and get a gun. <laughs> so I'm busting the myth that privilege doesn't exist basically. So fucking rack them. Yeah. Nobody, nobody uh, is commenting on how many layers there are to that second verse. And I know it's because I'm not that well known of an artist to where people aren't going to sit there and try to decide. I'm not Kendrick Lamar. People aren't going to try to decipher everything I say, which is also it, I'm just going to like kind of go off on a different lane here. That's like the most frustrating part of being way more underground because like I'm excited for people to try to figure out what I'm saying. And that conversation doesn't really happen as much just because I don't have as much listeners. Um, And not saying my listeners right now are stupid because they're not, but like, yeah, it's just like I write that uh, crazy and I write that uh, layered on purpose so people have replay value and then they go, holy shit, what is he actually saying here? And then they go, oh, damn, because that's what I enjoy most when I listen to music. So I want to bring that to my own. So when people aren't talking about all these entendres that I've been throwing in and shit like that and just saying I have good lyrics, bitch, I know I got lyrics, but like, I want you to talk about them. <laughs> I want to hear people like decipher shit. I have a hard time keeping up with pop culture references. Mm-hmm. So like, although like that, the high, the Mythbusters line that you did, I would never would have been able to figure that out. Like if I would have looked at the lyrics, I would have been like, I don't know who, what that means. And then I would have just given up at that point. Oh, you know well, what I mean? Well, I know you don't, the kind of, you don't avidly listen to hip hop like that either. If I'm not wrong, uh, if I'm not mistaken, most music, honestly. Yeah. You, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Like I know I get way too conceptual with music and I try to invent things that aren't there, uh, except damn, which can be played backwards. I am the person who invented that and it was true. And, uh, <laughs> suck it's my dick, true. Everybody. He, did. he did invent it. Yeah. You Kendrick can watch Lamar his YouTube video for proof. Like, oh yeah. It's totally backwards. Let's buy my album again. <laughs> 
These fucking losers will believe anything. They'll give me all the oh, money shit. that I ever wanted. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a very small and odd complaint that I have about being an artist and no one's like discussing music or no one's dis- discussing my music as much as they do with other people. And like, I understand why it's because I'm, I'm a new artist. I'm, I'm an amateur artist. I'm a novice. I'm not, I'm probably not worthwhile to talk about to the standards of a J Cole or a Kendrick, like obviously, but I'm trying to like, that's the goal. Right. I want people to talk about my music more than me as a person. I want people to have conversations about what I'm saying rather than who I am or if I'm gay. <laughs> sure. Um, let's build on that a little bit. Do you have any other, do you have any other favorite lines or lyrics that you've written uh, uh, that are like entendres or anything like that in this album? I can tell you my favorite, the one that sticks with me the most. And it's yeah. kind of weird that it sticks with me, but it's on Adam. And it's when you say, uh, Ben Schwarmer put up two tapes. That's a power lift. Yeah, bro. I fucking love that line for, I can't figure out why, but I love it so much. Cause it's like, tough. I when I first heard it, I was like, Ooh, Oh shit. Oh yep. baby. I love yep. it. Yeah. Just when like I wrote that flex. line, I was like, Whoo, damn, that's fire. That's a good line. That's my favorite. And like, Thank there you. isn't a whole lot of weight to it or anything like that, but it's no, good. You- that's well, that's one I think that went over other people's heads too. Cause yeah, like that's the whole reason I wrote that line. Cause people go like, Oh shit. Talk that shit sway. So like, <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite lines actually too. Um, I really like the, uh, uh, the bound to reference I make in Rose gold. Rose gold's actually like probably my favorite song on the record. Um, it's ridiculously good. Thank you. Uh, my reference to uh, Kanye's Bound 2 music video when he's riding a motorcycle with Kim very awkwardly and <laughs> saying, I'm going to make you a cassette to take with you the closer you get to that trip. You're bound to take, like, yay with Kim, that motorcycle shift. Akira, that motorcycle shift. And Akira is a reference to an anime uh, movie called Akira. And the cover is him getting on a motorcycle. Um, and motorcycles in that future city are very prevalent. So it was like my biggest Frank Ocean Majin Buu moment, I would say. Sure. Where he just says like Majin Buu in uh, uh, Pink Matter. Yeah. Just mentions a name. Another, like I actually made a, a surprising amount of anime references and surprising meaning I surprised myself how many times I wanted to make references to that uh, in the song Sheesh. I say I'm about to go samurai shampoo and kill Weinstein for all waifus. Um, oh yeah, like, that's fucking right. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and Samurai Shampoo is a hip hop influenced anime show. It's fucking insane. It's made by the same guys, uh, the same guy who did Cowboy Bebop. Um, but Samurai Shampoo is such a good show. And then yeah, obviously tying in waifus with anime, just as a genre. And Harvey Weinstein is a piece of shit. So. That's also yeah. social commentary along with a punchline. Um, yeah, just take shots. Uh, the other one is uh, on Happy Meal where I say, lunch is, putting, uh, lunch is putting cups and packed a punch like Saitama. Uh, Saitama is one punch man. And that's a, sh- a show, uh, anime show, where he can kill any villain in one punch. And that's the whole idea of the show. And it's fucking hilarious. Like, he never loses. <laughs> Honestly, like, I know you don't like anime, but you actually might like that show because it's fucking hilarious. It, like, makes fun of anime because all the character, all the villains are so over the top in design and, like, how they talk and what they do. And this, (laughs) he's just a bald dude. And the secret to his powers is 100 sit-ups, 100 push-ups, and running 10 miles a day. And he's the strongest thing in the universe. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny. Like, it's such a good show, but... Um, there's another one too, I think. All right, folks, this is now a one punch man podcast. (laughs) I wouldn't mind. We're pivoting. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, there's the Frieza reference in, uh, prequel, which sadly is not on the tape and that pissed everybody off. But like I told you guys, it wasn't going to be basically when I released it. So wasn't the idea. I said the preface to peach fuzz. Don't mean us on it. Boy. Yeah. But um, uh, there's a there's a Krillin reference too, right? 
Yeah, that's the uh, that's the one uh, in sequel where I said uh, toss your disc like Krillin uh, or yep. something like that. And that's because right. Krillin has a move called Destructo Disc. And I'm going to Destructo your disc because your CD is whack and trash. Damn. Damn, son. Oh, shit. God damn. Um, so uh, any other concepts that you want to touch on at all? Anything else that you can think of with the record? Um, uh, not really. Just the overall concept, again, is just pretty much not hiding behind who you think other people should see, uh, should see you as and just being you is completely fine. Especially if you're on a bigger platform, um, like a very, very, very underlying theme of it too, is as an artist, people don't think of you as human beings at all, like at all. And they don't have this conception of you being sad ever or, uh, sensitive or vulnerable ever because oh you have 70,000 subscribers and like you make money and stuff like I don't I really don't make any money like I barely can live off of my income as an adult like I still have to have help from my parents and stuff like that I am not capable of self-sustain uh, self-sustaining right now um and you know I have a job I have YouTube income Patreon income uh, streaming income, like with all of that combined, I still am hilariously, uh, poor, I guess you could say. I'm not like dirt poor, homeless poor. And I still like, obviously I have help from other people, but like, I'm not living in luxury whatsoever, mentally or financially. Like I'm still very much adjusting to adulthood. And so peach fuzz is basically like white, uh, how white trash acted. It's, uh, a timestamp in my life, like addressing, like, this is how I feel now where I'm more confident, sure. in who I am as a masculine person and as a feminine person, but I'm still needing to have those conversations with myself saying, Hey, stop running. I mean, that was a theme of South Dakota of like, why are you always running away from confrontation and, uh, dealing with your issues? Um, and South Dakota and Adam are kind of reflections of each other where, South Dakota is still kind of a lover boy character, but I mean, I wrote that song while we, you and I, and two other friends went to South Dakota when I was just having massive anxiety about death and not attaining anything before that day comes. So like that song is a lot out of me not being able to sleep at night because I'm afraid I'm going to die in my sleep and stuff like that. And that's like when I say I can't rest in peace if three Z's cause panic. So like, if, if I go to bed, like I can't because I'm thinking about the negative effects of sleeping, which shouldn't be a thing, but it was. And like, I would take CBD pills and feel great. But then I would also have this second voice in my head saying like, well, you have to take pills. You're not, you're not a full well adult. Like you have to take pills. You're not actually okay. You're just faking it. So it's a lot of self conversation and self-affirmation, self-forgiveness. And that's a very underlying theme of Peach Fuzz. It's basically why I wrote the damn thing outside of the more apparent themes. But like, if we're getting that personal, like it's a very personal record for me in the sense of like me having conversations with myself, my braggadocio, my persona, like Orange Boy is like my YouTube persona or my everyday persona with them when I'm with friends where I'm energetic and happy and like whatever. And then lover boy is just me. Like when I'm alone on Tinder or actually I don't use Tinder at all really anymore, but like, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of humanity and peach fuzz. And I think a lot of people attach to that. And I think mask off is a big example of, of what this, record means to me because the first time I heard that song put together I almost cried because it just felt so triumphant and that's what I wanted it to sound like where I could finally take the mask off and be somebody else and be me in front of a huge audience like it's a very hell yeah jubilant moment in the record hell yeah brother um I guess can probably kind of wrap this up is there anything else that you wanted to touch on um about your background about the messaging about 
any of your records about future endeavors. Is there anything else that you want to touch on? Well, um, I feel like we talked <laughs> the thing to death. Um, for the record, I think that's great. I think, uh, giving people an idea of your thought process is really cool. Um, it goes to show people like me who just like listen to her song or like, damn, this is a fucking bop. You know, there's way more mm-hmm. to it than that. You know, for the most part, I mean, unless you're like, for the, it depends on the artist, but yeah, like, unless you're like playboy Cardi or something yeah. like that, but you know, yeah. Playboy Cardi, the Migos, uh, Cardi B Drake, like they have artistry for sure. Like, I'm not going to discredit them for that. Like, they're artists for a reason, and they say what they say for a reason. But they get massive, massive paychecks. They have ghostwriters, you know. They're not doing everything by themselves. They have so many people for everything for them. And not to say they're, like, privileged and bad people, because, I mean, they're, for the most part, not bad people. But it's very different than my situation, where I don't have that kind of money, I barely have the money to pay for the record that I just put out, but I need to say something with it. I need to say, oh, to, uh, I need to talk and have conversations with all these people because, you know, the more mainstream you get, the more humanity you lose because people don't see Cardi B and think, oh, she needs to eat today. Or I wonder if she's hydrated or I wonder how she's doing. They just go, oh, that's Cardi B. Bodak Yellow is my shit. Yeehaw, like that's it. And like <laughs> they don't think of that's, us as human you're beings. Just, you're describing like, oh, me right now. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> Basically, I mean, yeah, I'm like, oh fuck yeah. I fucking <laughs> I fucking love Cardi B. Let's go. And that's basically the only thing I really think of. Uh it, I think it's really cool when you get to get a grasp behind an artist and what actually motivates them. You know what I mean? I think it's yeah, fucking exactly. awesome. Exactly. And like it doesn't matter who it is, like there's no problem with like looking like I even think of Beyonce. Like, how the fuck are you supposed to think of Beyonce as like an everyday woman who like takes shits and throws up and like does all the gross shit we do and like struggles? Like, she is an icon. She's Beyonce. Like, but she's still a human being. But it's so weird with her status to think of her on our level at right. all, like right. even emotionally. So, like, it's hard for me even sometimes, but just as an artist, always remember that behind the song, the album, their persona, there's definitely just another little child in a shell of a person trying to fucking figure out what life is. doesn't matter how old they are or how relevant they are. It's there. We're all just terrified all the time. Everybody's human. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, I think if we all remember that, I think a lot of progress can be made in a lot of other realms, but it's it's a very conceptual thing that a lot uh it takes thought and thinking is something that is dying and it makes me sad like uh, being unobservant being not tolerant being bullheaded and not thinking like literally just thinking about how another person could be it's not even siding with them it's just literally thinking about it yeah it's missing there's no thought process anymore. It's just, I think this forever now. Like, there's nothing else. That's and, it. Yeah, to be fair, I think there's a litany of causes for that. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Not bringing generational differences. Yeah, I and I also think, like, a lot of it has to do with just, like, climate. Like, the climate of today. Um, which is yeah. a whole other fucking podcast episode, if you ask me. But Oh, yeah. I could talk about that shit all the time, but like, yeah, you can take the reins in that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I'll, I'll be very brief, but like, <clears throat> I guess the thing for me is you're talking about how thinking isn't a thing that happens anymore. I think people, and I don't necessarily, this, this is coming from my perspective, something that I do like music and movies and TV shows and podcasts are consumable media meant to distract us from what distract us from stuff from life. You know what I mean? And like when you take a step back and you think and you analyze music, for example, and you think about 
what a person is, the person behind the music creating it, and you realize that they're human, I think it can be a really uh, a really important personal moment because you feel connected with somebody. But at the same time, I think it's really hard to do that because you're just viewing it as a distraction. You know what I mean? And yep. No, that's, that's the biggest issue with I completely agree with you because – I mean, just like what the Migos, Cardi B, like that music is a huge distraction. It's like booming bass, mainstream shit. Like that's why it's mainstream because people are like, let's get fucked up and listen to fucking stir fry. Like that's what it's there for. Yeah, exactly. That's the purpose it serves is to forget everything and just have fun and like listen to bass and shit. And then the more conceptual stuff stays off the radio. Yeah. And for the most part, I don't want to speak for everything because there's still this conceptual stuff on the radio. Thank God, but like you're for right. the most part, you're right. And I think that is. I'm an, not trying to be post Malone here. Yeah, I think that is an issue. But at the same time, can you really blame people? You know what I mean? No. Exactly. The world sucks. Yeah, that, exactly. The world fucking sucks, and like. That's anything- why I throw on fucking little boat two still, and just like bob my head to something that's incoherent and stupid. But like that's why it's because I don't have to think. Thinking all the time is not what I want everybody to do because thinking all the time gives you anxiety and depression. Like I hate thinking all the time. So it's a byproduct of me wanting people to think and also like escaping yourself. It's all about finding a balance between the two extreme sides. Yeah. That's like the most solace I've ever found in my life right now is remembering that life is about finding the perfect middle ground to sit on where you're not feeling strongly about either side of everything where you can hear both sides, understand both sides and respond to both sides accurately. And that includes political stuff, internal stuff, uh, fucking which smash bros character is the best. Like it doesn't matter. Like it's all about finding the in between of everything. Like instead of saying, Oh, the glass is half full or half empty. There is a glass with water in it. It can be both things. It can be both. It is both. Like the answer is it's both, but nobody says that everybody's like, it's half full because quantum physics say that the air pressure and then water people are just like, well, there's fucking water in it. So it's fucking half full. It's both. It's literally both things. (laughs) And nobody, nobody has those arguments. Like it's a very basic, uh, uh, metaphor, uh, whatever the fuck I'm trying to say. Uh, shit. Analogy. The word is analogy. It's a basic analogy, but like it's the same thing with everything. Like politics are a huge no, example of nothing that. is black the and right white. And the left. Nothing's black and white. It's all a yin yang, dude. Black and white's combined. Hell yeah. I agree with you. Was uh, that the sound of your mind not, being blown? We are or the sound a, of me getting an epic snipe. <laughs> we are now a metaphysics podcast. Uh like and subscribe. For more brain mm-hmm. melting content. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hit that smush, smush that like button. Or don't. Do whatever you feel like, brother. Come here, brother. Oh, dude, How you doing? Brother. Thanks for the hug, brother. Um, all right. Uh, anything else you want to touch on? About uh, yourself, about stream, the album. Stream about, Peach Fuzz. Yeah. Please, <laughs> stream, for the love of God, stream do it. Peach Fuzz on Spotify because it was slow as shit. Please just like keep it on your computer. Get each song up to 200 thou. Get me 200 thou in cash so I can buy like 10 of you switches and me 10 switches. <laughs> and then I'm going to stream Peach Fuzz on nine of them. And then I'm going to play Smash on the I'll, main one. I'll be honest. You have more uh, monthly listeners on Spotify than I thought you did. When I, when I yeah, was. Yeah, it's close to what, 40K now? 40K when I, was, when I was desperately trying to find Peach Fuzz on there on Friday. Uh, yeah. I I was surprised. That's a really cool. Yeah, it's uh it's and what's really cool and not to discredit uh oh shit. Not to discredit um Domo Genesis. But on Reddit, I had more upvotes on my fresh Peach Fuzz by Tabby post than he did on his EP and he's been around for a while. Yeah, it's true. So like that was kind of neat. Cool. Not to discredit him, like I love Domo Genesis, but like Reddit is usually my enemy. Like they hate me over there. Uh, at least my music, they hate me, but well, they don't hate me. They're just very, very critical and they're very, 
back and forth. I, I just get frustrated because like I do sing stuff and then they go like, oh, the sing stuff's not as strong as his rap stuff. And then the people are like, oh, I hate his rap voice. He should do the sing stuff more. So it's just like fucking pick a thing. Don't read the comments, Jesus. homie. You want me to read the comments? No, don't read the comments. <laughs> oh, th- okay. Thank God. Also, yeah, it's officially 40,000 monthly listeners. Damn. That's new. Nice job. Damn, um, I'm actually going to screenshot that and tweet about it. So it, it, I guess one more question I have. Uh, reception's been pretty good, pretty bad. What's it been like? It looks good it's from been, what I've seen. It's been overwhelmingly positive. It's been a lot more well, positive. Well, it fucking than, whips ass, so why not? <laughs> thank you. No, it's been a lot more positive than White Trash overall. So that's really good. It makes me happy. And like people have their critiques for sure. Um, and there, no album is without critique. So it's just really cool to see that obviously I grew and it's confirmed not only by myself, my feelings, my team, you, any friend that's listened to me, it's confirmed by a lot of people saying like, yeah. holy shit, I did not expect this at all from white trash. Like, yep. And people loved white trash and the same people who love white trash are like, what the fuck is this? So, well, yeah, I, and- I felt better about the whole release in general and the the reception shows that people feel better about it too and coming that just from, looks even better for my future yeah coming from a guy who has known you for so long and has experienced all of your artistic endeavors it is still mind-boggling that you produced and came out with this album like it's fucking good that's the thing Thank you know you. what i mean a uh, little bit of a story when i went uh, and visited adam for a little bit maybe a month ago to see him perform live at a show and he played rose gold for myself and two of our friends in his car <laughs> and i was kind of drunk but i literally uh-huh. was just mouth agape like an absolute moron just staring straight forward losing my fucking mind it like was so fucking you remember funny. that yeah, you remember that version. right yeah no i put it on you're like what the fuck is this <laughs> And you was like, we're staring, like it was me. It was basically how I listen to music that I'm in love with, where I can't move. And I'm just like staring forward and just like completely engulfed. Like I've never in my life seen somebody react to that or react like that to my music. So not only was it cool for me to see somebody do that, but it was cool for me to see you do that because since I've known you my whole life, I never expect anything out of my friends to like, you know, I don't want to force them to like my music. I don't want them to like lie and say like, Oh, I I really like it. Like, no, like I've never seen you that genuinely surprised by music ever. So that just gave me a huge, I don't know, like a ego boner. Like I was just like, wow, this is probably good then because I've never (laughs) seen Will react like this in my life. It was fucking nuts. It it is hilarious for me. There are how many, let's see here. I have several songs on my, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have a po- I have a playlist on Spotify where it used to just be all the- it used to just be called good songs but then Keegan <laughs> Keegan changed it to uh <laughs> Keegan changed it to songs to crank down to in Starbucks. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and there are currently five tracks from Peach Fuzz on there. So Hell yeah. They're good. Insane. They're good. Thank you. Thank you, man. Like, that means a lot. Yeah, of course. Of course. You deserve every Nintendo Switch. Uh, you deserve everything that's coming. I'm serious. You, you really bet do. your ass I deserve a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> um, all right. I got to well, kick Anthony Fantano's ass and yeah. Shotzi and Miami and uh, Dylan and uh, all you YouTubers. I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, My fuck. Mega Man is going to be fucking swole and i'm gonna beat the shit out of you he's coming for you uh yeet yeet so again to wrap up here i think unless there's anything else you want to talk about but just to kind of what do you think no i think i'm gucci man cool um to recap again we will be back later this month with our top albums we will get it out before new year's um, yep. And it'll probably be after I put out my top albums of the year too. Yeah. I'm that would try be to get it 10 days before the year ends. That I'm would be try perfect. To like not do the whole day after 
the year or you know like i did this year where i posted it like a week after it was 2018 yeah that'd be that'd be perfect because people don't give a shit about what i think about music so but i still want to talk about it because i like to talk about it bullshit so you can drop your thing and then we can do the pod afterwards but yes we are back it's going to happen i'm going to force myself to do it i will not delete any more tracks please don't we're on this shit baby we're on this shit Join our squad on Fortnite. Yep. It's called, uh, we call ourselves, our clan, uh, the uh, the uh, uh, Pussy Lassoers. And all we do is uh, find girls on Fortnite to try to uh, take on dates. Yep. And hopefully they have sex with us because we are two attractive men uh, and we're, we can build forts and shoot at the same time. And that is a very... Uh, <laughs> high degree of establishing who I am and who will is as a man. Yes. Uh, we're very strong men. We can protect you, uh, put our jackets on mud puddles. Uh, we do all of it. Yes. We will do all of it. I will hold the door for you. In fact, I'll hold the door for any woman who wants it. All right. Yeah. I'll hold the door. Especially for all if they're, especially if that woman is a, also a girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. I will do it for any girl, woman, and um, lady. Very attractive. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Subscribe. I said.